for me, talking shit to myself created more suffering than what was actually being presented in my life. And I had enough of it. Have you ever been to that point where you're like, I am sick of not loving myself. I am sick of not believing in myself. Like this just, it's got to stop. Welcome to The Cosmic Calling, a podcast for spiritual entrepreneurs and creative souls on a mission to align their life and career with the cosmos. I'm Natalie Wallstein, career astrologer at Soulshine Astrology, and I hope you're ready to unlock your cosmic calling. In today's episode, I have a very special guest I'm chatting with Brittany Carmichael, a Libran self-love guru who's on a mission to help women awaken their authentic selves and reclaim their power through her online course, Shine School. She's also the creator of the absolutely gorgeous Shine from the Inside Oracle Deck and the co-founder of the Elevated Life Membership Club with her husband, Chris. Today, we are talking about the importance of rewriting those negative stories we tell ourselves that keep us from feeling empowered and in control of our own destiny. It's so incredibly natural sometimes to harp on the negative and that self-criticism, that inner voice that tells us we're broken or flawed or not good enough can be very loud at times for me as well. It can keep us from going towards our dreams in life, in our careers, or even from celebrating what we are able to accomplish, which chances are is actually a lot. So let's get this badass babe on the show to tell us what's what. Hi, Britt. So excited to be here, Natalie. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to have you. I, of course, want to ask you right away, what do you feel your calling is and why is it so important to you? My calling is to empower badasses just like you to shine their light because we've all been given these amazing creative talents and gifts that come so natural to us, but we make it hard on ourselves. We dim our light to fit in. And I feel like my gift is calling you on the fear and bullshit stories you tell yourself that hold you back from really shining your light. Have you struggled with a lack of self-love in the past? Is that what has kind of drawn you to the work you do today? Or was there another inspiration for you in pursuing this path? I think it was a combination I mean, wouldn't you agree that everyone who is teaching something now as an expert had to once go through that to be able to understand the struggles and how to come out on the other side alive and whole? I mean, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I would hope so that the person I'm working with has experience. (laughs) Very true. But it was a combination for me. It was not only the lack of self-love that I had experienced my entire life, but it was also a massive wake-up call in what I think the Mayans predicted in 2012 to be like the end of the world was really the end of a certain type of world, if you will. And I feel like 2012 was a massive wake-up call for me and a lot of other lightworkers that I am friends with. Feel like that was the moment where something shifted in the cosmos. And maybe you can look this up and be like, yep, the Mayans did know Jupiter was blah, blah, blah. You know, <laughs> 2012 was a massive wake up call. My mom had a massive stroke that paralyzed her. 
And I also had a near-death experience on the mountain in Colorado that was a huge wake-up call for me to start listening to the voice within and also creating boundaries to prioritize my self-care. That was what I learned from my mom having a massive stroke is that she's a massive healer and a giver and she was overgiving from an empty cup and ultimately that led to a massive burnout and breakdown. And so I had to take a cold hard look at my life in 2012 and go, well, am I doing the same thing? I was working behind the chair at my luxury vegan salon and staying way past curfew. I should have been home making dinner and like a normal night, but I would overwork. I would overgive. I would say yes to coming in when I knew I didn't have the time, energy, or space. And I was feeling completely burnt out. I was absolutely following in the same footsteps as my mom. And so that was my moment of taking a step back and really asking the most important question I think anyone can ever ask themselves. And that was, who am I? And when I started to unpack that question and the beliefs that came along with it and the negative stories that I was living under the shitty labels, I realized there was a lot that needed to be healed in order to be whole. And so that sent me on an inward journey of self-discovery, which I now guide thousands of women through this process so that they don't feel alone during this journey. Yes. I think that's so interesting how we so freely give so much love to other people, but it's almost like we're making up for not giving it to ourselves. It's interesting how it's so easy to give, but it's often really hard for us to give that to ourselves. It's so true. And you know, you're only as strong as your self-talk. So if you aren't loving yourself on the inside, it's going to be really hard to love and accept other people's darkness on the outside. Oh yeah, exactly. You're going to criticize everyone for the things that you won't allow yourself to be or have or do. 100%. You know, before I am covered in tattoos. If you've ever seen me, I'm covered in tattoos. And for the longest time, I was attracting like judgmental old little ladies at Target to tell me that I was going to hell for the way that I look. And granted, this was over a decade ago. So things have shifted dramatically in what is acceptable and allowed in culture these days. But in the beginning, I attracted so many people that were judging me and I didn't understand. I'm like, get out of here. I did this for me. And when I finally stopped judging myself or thinking that people were judging me, it all shifted. And I started to attract people, little old ladies telling me that they were ready to get their first tattoo and that they loved the, <laughs> the, the artwork that I had and the flowers and the butterflies. And I was thinking like, where the hell have you been my whole life? Like what happened? And I realized it was an internal shift in the dialogue that I was telling myself. The story I told myself was people judge me. And instead, I shifted it to I accept me and the choices I've made to express my creativity. And in doing that, it actually totally changed the external reality I was experiencing and started attracting to me people that were aligned with the same feeling I had about myself. Oh, so magical how that works. And yet it seems like it's going to be the opposite. We're just like waiting for people to validate us, but we have to be the ones to do it. I would love to talk a little bit about your astrology chart, and I know we've talked about your chart before, you've gotten a reading, but I would like the listeners to hear how beautiful it is that your chart is so perfectly aligned with what you do. Please tell me more, tell me more. <laughs> yes. So you are a Libra with your son in the seventh house of relationships and one-on-one -on -one work. 
So I love that you talk about the relationship we have with ourselves, first of all, and how that can contribute to the relationships that we end up having with the world around us. Sometimes people don't understand that the seventh house is not just about one-on-one relationships. It's about your relationship with others in general as a whole. And that completely transforms when we have a good relationship with ourselves. It's so true. I have an entire lesson inside Shine School all about how your relationships are your reflections. And the most important one that you'll ever have is the one that you have with yourself. So it's all about calling in your soul tribe once you have become your own best friend. Yes, like your seventh house Libra, it makes sense why you wanted to like give so much to other people. But I love how your north node of future destiny is actually an Aries in your first house. So you are here to learn how to be like a powerful individual and to show others how to do the same. So then your moon sign is in Pisces in your 12th house of spirituality and higher mystical pursuits. Really what makes you the happiest is being able to uplift and inspire others to believe in themselves and the magic of the world that they might not always get a chance to peer into or get a glimpse of. So you're like bringing the magic of the other realms to their attention and help them see that they're magic as well. Mm, I love that so much. And it makes so much sense to really quick just to dive in. When my grandmother was passing away, she's like my Icelandic, like Viking badass grandma who's like taught me so much about courage and strength. When she was passing away, I said a little prayer at my altar to help her cross the rainbow bridge. And I grabbed an oracle deck, the Wild Unknown Archetype Oracle. I don't know if you've ever messed with that one, but it's it's really incredible. And I asked the question, what am I here to do? Like, what did my grandmother pave the way for this, you know, like ancestral, like what's the thing? You know, I'm always asking the deep questions. And the card I pulled was the bridge. And it was to bridge the physical and the spiritual and show that there really is magic beyond. And I think that's why my gift of, you know, psychic mediumship has developed so potently in this life to help people see that truth that there is so much more than beyond what our eyes see. So true. I had a dream once where I got to see my true self, like my childlike essence, and she's so awesome. But we like have so many layers that bury that version of ourselves. It's so sad. I'm going to like cry right now. (laughs) And I love that through the work you do with hair as well, you're helping people see that magic in the physical world. And I think it does help bring out what's inside of them out into the world, not just their appearance, like also their soul. They feel more comfortable expressing it. Yeah, that took time. You know, in the beginning, it was about just how good can we look and how hot can we make our blonde hair, you know? But what I realized over time is that I could do the most beautiful hair on the most beautiful women. And if they didn't love themselves, they couldn't see it. And so that sent me on the next stage of my journey as a hairdresser was to figure out how women think and feel about themselves because I'm listening to all the complaints. I understand. I hear you. You're mean to yourself. It's bad. I had to find a way that I could create beautiful hair and have them feel empowered enough to be able to receive feeling good about themselves and have the confidence to look in the mirror and say, damn, I do look good. Like, I really do feel good about myself. 
Because it's not about what you look like. It's about how you feel. And if you can match the two together, then it's like, Libra, both my scales and both my little cups are happy and filled. (laughs) Yeah. Watch out world. I love it. Yes. And then your rising sign is Pisces as well as your moon. So you really are here to awaken people to their magic. It's just like repeated all over your chart (laughs) to inspire them to adopt a higher perspective on how beautiful and fantasy-filled the world really can be and your life really can be. It doesn't have to be so, like, boring and work hard and suffer. And aligned with your rising sign, you also have Jupiter. So it's kind of like you are Jupiter, which is the best planet ever, the planet of growth and abundance and expansion. So that really helps you become this, like, very optimistic person who really raises people up. It is your role, so it might not have, like, come to you early in life. It's something that you step into over time. But it's like, yeah, just being in your energy can be really inspiring for people. Yeah, a lot of people say being near me is like plugging into a spiritual battery. It just, like, charges them up. And in human design, I don't know how much you look into that. I'm a generator. And I'm, like, this conduit or channel of all this type of energy, which is really crazy to be aware of. You know, so many people, especially empaths, are doing this. They're doing this, whether you're a generator or not. We are all conduits of energy. And just the more aware of it you are, the more in control you can be of either protecting your energy, amplifying your energy when you need more of it, creating more when you're feeling like you're being drained, knowing how to call it back. And so I don't know. It's so interesting how we come to, like you said, this is my role. It wasn't something that I like woke up and was like, I'm going to do this for people like all the challenges and trials that I've gone through have like basically paved the path for me to just naturally and authentically be this person. It's not like I actually set out to do it. I remember writing a little letter in a dream box that said, I wish to be an inspirational leader. And I don't like when I wrote it, I was like, who the hell? Like who is writing this? And then I remember years later reading it back and I crossed out wish and I wrote am. I am an inspirational Mm. leader. And that was just kind of the moment of like, we don't even have to try. We already naturally exude effortless qualities and talents that we came equipped with. Life gave us certain lessons. We chose our parents for a reason to learn some things of what to do and what not to do. Mostly probably what not to do. But (laughs) all of that was so that we could just be effortless and easy. And that's what inspires people. That's what gives people hope. Not when you're putting on a mask and pretending. We can all feel it. We can see through that crap so fast. It's when people are vulnerable and people are just genuinely living their life and having a good time. And it makes people inspired to make a change. Can you break down the actual transformation that you provide? Where is someone usually at before they work with you versus after they've experienced the magic you offer? How does their life become elevated? Oh my gosh, such a great question. I think that the people that the universe tends to draw into my reality are people in transition. So I feel like I work with the people that are in that darkness of change but they're really ready to blossom into who they're meant to be and authentically align and express themselves in that way. And by the time we're done, they find their own light and they can shine their sparkle magic by being confident in themselves. What, what do I mean by sparkle magic? It's you own all of you. 
your darkness, your light, you know what your trigger points are, but you also know how to handle them and not be emotionally moved by them anymore. So it's basically really being in control. We all, you know, want to be in control, but the only real control we have is our attitude and the way that we show up and respond to each situation. And for me, the work that I like to do is to bring people back into the present and give them the tools to be able to stay here when things get hard, because it's really easy to dip out and numb ourselves with social media or alcohol or anything other than self-discovery. It's way too easy of a choice. So I really feel like I'm that badass guide that says, nope, don't get distracted by that bullshit. We have a mission to do. Yes. And you have magic inside of you that you are blocking. So stop being so hard on yourself. (laughs) So I know that one of the things you specialize in is helping women rewrite the negative stories they tell themselves. Why do you think we tend to be so hard on ourselves in the first place? There's probably a lot of different contributing factors. I think culture being one of them and the society that we're raised in, you know, there's a very fine line between being modest and being, you know, egotistical. And I think that, you know, what they're showing us on social media and in magazines, like gives us some blueprint of if we're not this, then we're not good enough. I think we're born into it, to be honest, and doing this work and uncovering, like you say, the layers and and the beliefs, that's ultimately what it is, is unpacking all the beliefs that we've learned. You know, when we're young children, everything told to us up until the age of 11 or 12, we take in and plug into our subconscious mind as fact. This is fact, especially if it came from someone who was an authority in your life i.e. a parent, or for example, Chris had a doctor tell him he was fat when he was a young boy, and so he created this belief system, just like it happened to me with my uncle. I identify with your pain. I've been there. I get that. But everything that you take in from that early age locks in as truth. So depending on what country you live in, what your parents believe in, how they operate, you end up adopting what you see because you don't have any other perspective. And so it it takes time for you to start understanding that there's other ways of thinking, acting, believing. And really, it wasn't until I met my husband that I was like, wait, you do you you do what? There's there's a possibility of this. I've always believed that we have to shop on the clearance rack and that we can only eat the dollar food. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so I feel like we basically have to break free of whatever condition that we've been brought up in. So for example, if you have parents that believe in you and cheer you on all the time, then that's going to be a lot easier for you to have an environment that provides a space of self-love. But even still, we find ourselves criticizing and comparing and it really just boils down to, have you suffered enough? If so, you have to be the one to make the change. And for me, talking shit to myself created more suffering than what was actually being presented in my life. And I had enough of it. Have you ever been to that point where you're like, I am sick of not loving myself. I am sick of not believing in myself. Like this just, it's got to stop. I feel like we just have to come to a place that shakes us out of what we're used to, to get us to learn something new, to understand that we can make those changes. Yeah, I think that's really true. And I also feel like we are just kind of like more attuned to the bad sometimes because where we come from, like as divine sparks of light, none of this negativity exists. So when we see it, it's like, alert, alert, this isn't supposed to be here, but then we can get kind of stuck in it. 
I know for me, like that negative voice is always pretty much there picking away at me. Gotta love all my Capricorn trying to hold me to that higher standard. But over time, I've learned to distance myself from it. So it's always going to be there. It's going to be like, you didn't do good enough. Why'd you say that? Why didn't you say that? You know, but it's like learning for me just to replace those stories with more positive ones. It does take practice. I think writing in your journal is kind of a good way to practice. And like I said, it's not like the negative voice has gone away. I've just gotten a lot better at dismantling it and reframing it because it's really not that helpful to be so hard on yourself all the time. And to be your own enemy feels so good when you're nice to yourself. You know, it's so interesting. That negative self-talk doesn't go away, especially PMS week. She gets louder, okay? But it's what you do with it. And that's what I talk about control. You only have control over how you respond, not even react because you're reacting unconsciously and there's no control there. But when you can respond and hear that negative inner voice and say, okay, I see you. I hear you, girl. I'm throwing you in the back seat and we're going, we are headed in the direction of my dreams. I don't, you know, just buckle up because you're coming with me. It's not that we need to totally, you know, disconnect from that, but it's just what is our relationship to it? Does it run the show or can we recognize it and go, okay, I see you. Thanks for showing me where I might feel like I I might mess up. Maybe I'll use this as an indicator to prepare myself to move forward. So, and it's interesting. I think about Adele. She talks about how she still throws up before every show. And she's like one of the best singers in the world, in my opinion. So, you know, like it doesn't matter how good you are. Those thoughts and feelings and fears are always going to creep up, but they don't have to control your life. And that's exactly what my work is here to do is, is to get people to shift their perspective. Like you talked about reframing. One of the activities we do in Shine School is doing a 24 hour review of your inner dialogue. And for 24 hours, you have to take notice of how am I talking to myself? How am I talking about other people? And if you hear a negative phrase or something that's limiting, you have to say cancel and then give yourself a moment to reframe it into something positive, what you do want to call more, you know, what you're grateful for, what you want more of in your life. And if you give yourself just that 24 hour challenge, you'll be surprised. To, we have like over 55,000 thoughts a day or something crazy like that. It might even, it might even be way more, but we have like a bazillion thoughts a day. You'd be surprised to know that when you draw a little bit more awareness to how you're thinking, the way that you shift on the inside typically then results in a reflection of the external changing. So just like when we stop talking shit about ourselves on the inside, we end up attracting people who want to give us those compliments. And that's another lesson in Shine School that people have a really hard time accepting the compliments because they're not even used to giving them to themselves. Yeah, so true. I know for me, something that really helps me, if I notice a negative thought coming up, I'll just be like, I love you, Natalie. I love you. Shut up. And I like, I kind of drown out the negative, but like, I love you. I love you. <laughs> and if like someone was in my head, they would probably think it was really funny, but it really helps. Or I'll be like, you're so cute, Natalie. You know, like it sounds funny to say that about yourself. It felt really weird at first, but the more I've done it, I feel like I'm my own mom or something, like cheering myself on in my 30s. And (laughs) we need that, you know, especially if you don't have those figures in your life, like you can be it for yourself. It's so true. And when you spoke as if you were your negative inner critic, I was listening to the tone of voice that you made to represent that because that's another thing that you can do. You can actually go in and identify how your negative voice sounds 
and listen, who does this sound like? Whose voice is this? Is it even your own? From there, you can shift it. And my husband suggested, since he's the mind master, he's like, why don't you pick something funny like Minnie Mouse? So whenever your negative voice is talking to you, you actually change the negative voice to sound like Minnie Mouse. So she's in there like, ha ha ha, you're fat, ha 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 you know? And it's like so much harder to take yourself seriously when you're giggling and making goofy voices. So it's really fascinating what you can do with even just the tone and the sound. Another thing you can do is go in and pretend you have a mute button in there and just hit mute inside your mind. And that is like uh, powerful enough to tell your subconscious, you know, this is the new command instead of running on unconscious patterns. Yes. Oh my gosh. Those are such helpful tips. And I hope that people listening will take this into their day because we have a lot of negative thoughts. So I'm sure you'll have one later today. And just try these out and see if it helps you and kind of like find your own way of doing it that resonates with you too. One thing I really want to ask you too is you and I both run spiritual businesses and I feel like sometimes we might come across like we have it all together with all the beautiful photos that you share especially and the uplifting messages you seem to have just like exuding from your pores (laughs) on a daily basis. But I know I can say for myself that I definitely do not have it all together most days. Maybe that's my negative voice. But what has been the hardest part for you in balancing your sense of spirituality with running a successful business? Someone once asked me, like, how do you integrate the two, like spirituality and running a business? And they're synonymous. You are the essence of your business. And so for me, I feel like, no, there's not always perfect days. But it's always about how you choose to respond to it. Even in the darkness, it's about accepting it. And so for me, I post what I need. If I'm in a down day, like I look for inspiration to share. Like how am I feeling? And you know, what would make me feel like one level of joy higher? All of this started was because I needed this in my own life. I was suffering. I was struggling. I was self-criticizing and judging and like constantly beating myself up. I share what I need. And so, yeah, just because it's colorful and playful doesn't mean that there aren't down days. I lost my dad this year. I didn't lose him. I know where he went, but my dad passed away this year. And it Mm. was, it was definitely interesting to witness myself move through what it felt like to have to rebalance and recalibrate to find how can I show up and be the light and be the example but also take time to heal and create space and boundaries for myself to be able to go through some of the darker emotions and healing processes that I needed to go through. So I think it's about just like a balance of integration is when you're going through the shit, like figure it out, deal with it. And then once you integrate it and learn, share about that process, be vulnerable. I talk about all the issues that I, I mean, I am an open book. There is not a topic that I haven't, you know, said hashtag me too. Or, you know, I know what it feels like to lose a parent or, you know, X, Y, Z, weight loss, hating my body, all the things. Like I love talking about the hardest times in my life because I know that when I was in my darkest days, I needed someone to say, I get it. I know how bad you hurt and how hard it is. But if you just take a moment to accept what is, because that's going to help you in the suffering that you're creating by not getting the lesson, because the only hard things that are happening in our life is because we're resisting a lesson. And so when we can take a moment to step back and go, what good can come from this? I think that 
gives us the hope to move forward. So for me, I don't know, the question was, how do I integrate both? I mean, my spirituality practice is my life and is my business. So I feel like it just shows up as is. If I'm on a dark day, I let people know like guilt and grief and all that is real and it's hard, but it's manageable. But there's a flip side to that. But there's an action that you can do to make it easier. So I feel like it's not just about dropping darkness, but also giving hope that there's possibility for the lightness to come too. Totally. And we all go through hard times. So I think it's just like how you deal with it. And people are seeing you dealing with it in, a, I think, a more positive way. Like you're not hiding from it. You're not lying about it. You're showing it. And it gives people permission to be their whole selves too. Yeah, I agree. I shared earlier with the whole dad passing, like my creativity kind of just like I have all these fun ideas and projects that I want to work on. But when your energy isn't there and you, you know, like I'm not about pushing through and forcing something. So for me, I was very open and honest this year about, hey, I was really excited about hosting a couples retreat this year, but I've been kind of lacking the gusto to get it going and to get it moving forward, even though we know this is something we're excited about. It's something that we're being called to do. It took time for me to kind of come back to that place of I feel good. I have the energy. I'm back in flow. And as soon as that shifted, boom, we have dates two, 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 two next year for the couples retreat. And it's just like, it can happen in an instant, but you have to give yourself that patience and permission to slow down and rest when you need it. I think instead of resisting the down times or the hard times, you just embrace it and, you know, know that it's all a part of the process and it'll make for a really good story in your book one day. Yes. That's that self-love piece. That's so important. Oh my goodness. Okay, one last big question I have for you that I'm sure is on some people's minds. Being such a bright and shiny lady, do you ever find that people are jealous of your magic? Because I think sometimes we worry that if we're too in love with ourselves and live too awesome of a life, it's going to make us a really big target for other women or other people who might want to bring us down. What would you have to say to someone who believes that it's not safe for them to live their best life for that reason. As far as jealousy is concerned, the word jealousy just gives me the cringes so much. When my friends or even my mom says like, oh, I'm so jealous you went on that vacation. I'm just like, skirt, no, this is something you might want for yourself and it's possible. When I hear someone say I'm jealous, it to me says they have the belief that it's not possible for them. And that always makes me sad because anything is freaking possible, especially if you believe it. And if you want it bad enough, you'll find a way to prioritize making anything happen, right? I didn't come from anything special. I didn't come from money. I literally grew up in a trailer park. Not that anything is wrong with that, but it's just, I had no advantages. I just have this drive to like live my own life and do the things that I want to do. And if that makes someone jealous, then I hope that one day it turns into inspiration. Would I stop shining bright because I'm afraid that someone might feel jealous or triggered by me? No. And I say that with 100% love and truth, because if I'm not triggering you, I'm not helping you to heal. Yes, our triggers are actually really amazing and helpful when we can see them as that. And to realize, like, it's not even about you when someone's jealous. I agree. I always feel kind of like, you. Because to me, when I notice I'm jealous, I actually don't see it that way. I kind of look at it as like, oh, wow, I clearly want that too. So I need to let myself have it. 
A hundred percent. I think that's really what it is, is, you know, when you get on social media, so many people are comparing or, you know, look at this or look at that, or they have this. And just like you said, it's just, it's permission that it's possible for you to. And it also shows you what you do or don't want. Because if it moves you emotionally and triggers you, then, you know, there's something there to explore. We all need to go at our own pace, I think. And everyone's at different levels with their level of self-love and I think that's, yeah, totally fine. But if you're ready to step things up, here you go. Here's a role model for you to remind you that it's inside of you. And as a special bonus offer for our listeners today, Britt is actually offering a beautiful self-love guided meditation. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So as I mentioned before, my husband is a hypnotist and what we found in this healing journey process Aside from mushrooms, hypnosis has been the fastest way to make internal shifts and changes in the subconscious mind that actually show up as real tangible change. And so I thought we can say affirmations all damn day. I love myself. I'm amazing. But like you said, in the beginning, it's really uncomfortable. If you're switching your narrative from something negative, like I'm fat to I'm beautiful, it's going to feel foreign. And so I created this self-love meditation to activate this kind of change and healing on the inside. The work that happens in these guided meditations is on a subconscious level so that you just wake up feeling more at ease, more empowered, more inspired. And the more you listen to these guided meditations, it becomes like a natural reprogramming tool for your mind. And it doesn't take long for those shifts to take effect but it does take intentions. So I created this meditation to make self-love an easier process. So you don't have to feel like you're constantly beating yourself up. You can actually be your own cheerleader starting within. Yes, I love it so much. Thank you so much for being here. You can learn more about Brit and all of the magic she has on tap for you at brittanycarmichael.com. That's B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y where you can find out more about Shine School, the Shine from the Inside Oracle deck, and her Elevated Life membership, or follow her on Instagram at theworldbybrit. For more information and a list of all of the links and resources mentioned throughout this episode, check out soulshineastrology.com slash episode 115. For more information on astrology reports, resources, and classes to help you unlock your cosmic calling and to sign up to receive my weekly and monthly forecasts, check out soulshineastrology.com. You can also follow along elsewhere by searching for Soulshine Astrology on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review for The Cosmic Calling on iTunes. And if you screenshot your review and email it to info at soulshineastrology.com, you'll receive a code to get 10% off a Cosmic Career Blueprint or a custom yearly forecast. 